being fed a steady diet of dishonor. This isn't in the last couple months or even in the last couple years, but really in the last couple of decades, we have dishonored people. We have dishonored uh, those in authority. We just, there's just been this steady diet of dishonor through media and through television, music, all forms of media. And it's no wonder that we have a generation that is rising up that does not know how to honor. They don't know how to honor those in authority. They don't know how to honor even our country. Listen, this week, this week, there was a protest at a rally, and I watched a video of people standing on our flag One woman in particular just standing there wiping her feet on the American flag. And when I watch these videos, I tell you, it's very difficult for me. Uh, I can't imagine for those who have served in our military, I can't imagine for those who have fought for this nation, when they watch that kind, what kind of emotions come from people who would dishonor our country. There was a viral video that went out this week, and, and it was... It was about a woman who uh, was at a Starbucks sitting there with her laptop drinking a coffee and the governor of our state, Governor Rick Scott, walked in and the moment he walked in, she just started to scream at him up of her lungs, screaming out all sorts of obscenities, screaming, yelling at him. Listen, I don't care whether you like his politics, don't like his politics, I don't believe you should ever dishonor a governor of your own state or any state for that matter by yelling at him, screaming at him, all sorts of stuff. And when I saw that video, you know the first thought that came to my mind is, who raised this woman? Who raised her that it was okay to do this? Who raised her that that the moment that a, a governor walks in, you have the right to dishonor him in such a way? Who raised her? I thought, where are her parents at? And she's not, she wasn't a young woman. She was a woman, you know, she looked like she was maybe in her mid-40s, or that's still young, but I, uh, hello. But, but she wasn't, I'm talking about she wasn't a teenager or early 20s. She was an old, she should have known better. Where were her parents? Why didn't they teach her that you never dishonor somebody in such a way? How embarrassing for her. And then when the video, when, when the governor finally walked out, she just looked around like she had, she had just really told him off. And I thought, what a shame. What a shame that somebody raised her in such a way that, that they, they taught her that it was okay to dishonor someone in such a way. Listen, this is the society that we're living in. And, and people dishonoring our nation, huh? There was a country singer that passed away this week. His name was Moe Haggard. His most famous song was, when you're running down our country, you're walking on the fight inside of me. I think we need some people that understand that you don't dishonor this country. You don't dishonor our flag. You don't dishonor, you don't dishonor those who have served in our military. Amen. And so we have to get back to learning how to honor those, as the Bible would say, those to whom honor is due. And so I want to just review for a little bit. We're going to talk, we talked last week about what honor is. And we said this, here's the definition of honor. The biblical definition of honor says that honor is a valuing by which the price 
is fixed. I don't set the price. And because I don't set the price, I don't have the right to devalue it in any way. I didn't set the price of what our our flag is. I didn't set the price of what our country is. Others have set that price. I don't have the right to devalue that price. So honor is you you value something, a, a fixed value that is already set. In other words, it is not open to negotiation. I'm required by God to honor those to whom honor is due. And and so I I read from you from from Mark chapter 6, and we'll get there in a little bit. Jesus was dishonored by those that he came to. Jesus was dishonored by those in his own family, those that he was closest to. And I gave you a couple principles, and, and let's start in Mark chapter 6, and we'll, we'll get into those principles again. I'll, I'll just review them. But it says in Mark chapter 6, verse number 1, Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? Listen now. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Verse 5 says, Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief and went about in a circuit teaching. The Bible says that Jesus came to his own, his own, his own relatives and his own community, the place where he grew up. And he began to teach and do mighty works. And it's almost like if I didn't see it with my own eyes on scripture, I don't know that I would believe it. Here he is doing miracles. What miracles? Well, you can just imagine blind eyes opening, lame walking. Deaf ears unstopped, miracle after miracle. And he's doing these miracles, but yet in the midst of it, they were offended at him. They were offended. Why? Because they felt like, who is this guy that we know? We know who he is. We know who his family is. Who is he? And they got offended. And because they were offended at him, listen now, listen, because they lowered his value, they said he's not any more valuable than we are. He's on the same level. He's he's not anybody special. They lowered his value. Because they lowered his value, they could not receive what he had to give. The Bible says, and he could not. Not that he would not, listen now, he could not. He could not do many mighty works there. He couldn't. Their unbelief, their offense, their familiarity, listen now, their dishonor shut him down. He wanted to, he was willing he, he even laid his hands on a few. Those who did honor him, he laid his hands on them. 
but their dishonor stopped them from having access to what he has. I gave you a couple principles last week. Let me give them to you again, just a couple, and, and then we'll get into today's message. Number one, what you honor, you have the ability to access. I said what you honor, you have the ability to access. In contrast, what you dishonor, you do not have the ability to access. They dishonored him. They could not access his miraculous power. But yet he would go to another city, another place where they were not familiar with him. And they raised his value. They honored him. And because they raised his value, because they honored him, they had the ability to access miraculous power. What you honor, you have the ability to... You contrast that with Matthew chapter 8 where there was a centurion who came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick, would you come heal him? And Jesus said, yes, I'll come. I'll go right to your house. And the centurion said, whoa, 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 stop right there. You don't even have to come to my house. And here's what he said, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy to have someone of your value Come into my home. If you speak the word, though, I know my servant will be healed. What did he do? The servant, I mean, the centurion raised the value of Jesus by lowering himself. He said, Jesus, your value is so far above my value that I honor you, and by honoring you, I want access to what you have. Now, if you just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. And the servant was healed that very same hour. Why? Because of honor. Because of the principle of honor. What you honor, you have the ability to access. Listen, dishonor money and you'll never access money. Dishonor wisdom, you'll never access wisdom. Dishonor knowledge, you'll never access it. Dishonor your education, and you never will access the benefits of that education. Come on, somebody. What you dishonor, you cannot have access to. What you honor, you'll have access to. The second thing we said last week is this. Honor is not earned, it is freely given. Now, this is where the difficulty comes in because we think uh, uh, honor is trust. Honor is not trust. Honor is different than trust. The Bible says you honor your parents, not honor parents who are perfect. You honor your parents, whether they have earned it, deserve it, or not. You honor them anyway. I have the right to give honor, and I have the right to withhold it. And the Bible says, I am required to give it. They don't have to earn it. I have to give it. I I am required to give honor to whom honor is due. Right? It's nice when they earn it. It's nice when when they deserve it. It's nice when they are honorable. But there are times in our life when we are required to honor people even when they are less than honorable. Amen? Because I have to give it. Even when the person does not earn it. Now this week I told you we're going to talk about who are we supposed to honor. 
Who is, it that, who is it that we are required to honor when we're on this earth? Who is it while we're walking and working and, and, and interacting with people on a daily basis? Who is it that we are required to honor? Now, I could easily give you a list. I could say, well, you're to require this person, this person, this person. But, but that, that won't help much because you'll find there will be times in your life when you'll have to honor somebody that, that I didn't list. So instead of listing people, I want to teach you a principle today that will apply in every situation of your life. You'll find out no matter where you are, you are going to find out who you are to honor at all times. And it's this third principle I want to teach you today. And the third principle is this. Honor is for those who bring order into our lives. I said honor is for those who bring order into our lives. You're in Mark chapter number 6. I want to read these verses again. Specifically verse number 2. Let's read it again. And it says this. And when the Sabbath had come. Listen to these words. He began to teach in the synagogue. The first thing he did was not miracles. Jesus didn't show up and and immediately start laying hands on people. It might have been easier if he would have just showed up and immediately blind eyes open, immediately lamed walk, immediately deaf ears unstopped. It might have been easier to receive him if that would have happened. No, that's not how it happened. The first thing he did was start teaching them. And when he started to teach them, that's when they got offended. Come on, somebody. The first thing he did was bring order into their life. And the devil hates order. But God is a God of order. Huh? 1 Corinthians 13, uh, chapter 14, verse 33 says, God's not the author of confusion, he's the author of order. So, listen, God is a God of order, and he brings people into your life to get you in order. And the first thing Jesus did is he walked into a synagogue in his own town, in his own city, among his own people, and he began to correct them. He began to teach them. He began to bring order into their life. And they did not want order, especially from him, so they said, who is this guy? Who does he think he is trying to bring order into my life? But listen, you want to know who to honor in every situation of your life? You always honor those who are trying to bring order. Hallelujah. That's true of, that's true of us as adults. That's true of teenagers. That's true of kids. We always honor those who bring order into our lives. You say, well, pastor, they have flaws. Yes, they do. Let, let me show you, if you're in Matthew chapter 13, let me just flip over there a few pages and let me just read something to you. This is a parable that Jesus taught. And again, in this parable, there are some principles and it's just one verse. I want to show it to you very quickly. Matthew chapter number, uh, actually it's number 13, verse 44. Matthew 13, 44 says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. 
What did he buy? He bought two things. Listen to what he bought. He bought a treasure and he bought a field. Huh? We always want the treasure, but nobody wants the field. And everybody that is going to bring order into your life, they have a treasure, but they also have a field. And guess what? You don't get the treasure without the field. You say, well, pastor, uh, you don't understand. My my spouse, oh, oh yeah, I understand. You understand, well, I got, I, I got this teacher in school, and she, oh, no, I get it. Huh? Yeah, but the politicians, I mean, no, 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 I understand. Huh? They have a field. Husbands, when you married your wife, you wanted the treasure. You got the treasure, but you also got the field. What'd you buy? You bought some dirt. Just a little bit. A little bit of dirt and a lot of bit of treasure. Ladies, when you married your husband, you got a whole lot of dirt. Whole lot of dirt. But you also got a treasure. But if all you see is dirt, you'll never access the... Come on, is that true or is that true? The man bought the whole field. Guess what? When you got married, you bought the whole field. Guess what? Let me just help all the ladies out. Your husband isn't perfect he's got some dirt but like I said last week he may be smarter than you think he is but if you don't know how to access the treasure and get past the dirt you'll never figure that out you'll always think to yourself as I did for years I married the wrong person I thought that for years Why? Because my wife and I, when we first got married, all I saw was a field. I I wanted the treasure, but I didn't know how to access the treasure. So so all I saw was the field. Can Can I tell you a quick story? She let me tell this story. Now, she'll come in in just a moment uh, into second service, and then you could let her know. This is okay to say, all right? I, I have got permission to say this. And I've said this many times before. When my wife and I first got married, she would go into the dresser drawer and she'd get something out and then she would go to close it, but she wouldn't close it all the way. She'd leave it open like that much. You understand? And I thought, what meaneth thou this? That... And I would say something to her, honey, baby. <laughs> you know I didn't talk like that. I said, I said why... Are you not closing the drawer? Look, watch this. See, it's just that easy. I mean, you put some effort into getting it that far, you might as well just go all the way with it and shut it all the way. Because my OCD was just off the chart. I just couldn't handle it. And it bothered me so bad that we would get in fights 
over the drawer not being closed all the way. I was ready to lose it. I was just going crazy. I can't believe what kind of woman did I marry? Oh my gosh, she doesn't close the drawers all the way. I, this is unbelievable. Meanwhile, I've got dirt all around me. I, I, I'm walking around like pig pen on the peanuts. I, I'm just full of dirt, filth. I've got this big old field, but yet I see in her, not this treasure, all I saw was this little bit of dirt where she did not close the drawers all the way. Can you believe that? But I couldn't see all that she had. I could not see her value. Come on now, because Proverbs 31 says that the value of a woman is far above rubies. I could not see her value because all I saw was a field. Listen, let me just tell you something. Your spouse is not perfect. Politicians aren't perfect. Huh? Parents are not perfect. Teachers are not perfect. Huh? Your pastor. Whoo, it's going to shock some of you. This is going to be shocking. Your pastor is not perfect. We all have a treasure and we all have a field, but you'll never get to the treasure if all you see is field. Well, listen, honor is how you access the treasure. Huh? See, there used to be a day when... when when we would go into a room where there was a teacher in school and you always honored the teacher. Why did you honor the teacher? Why did you honor the pastor? Why did you honor the politician? Why did you honor whoever it is? Why did you honor your parents? Why? Because they are there to bring order. And God says you honor those who bring order into your life. Amen? This week I'll be flying. I'm flying out to Oklahoma City. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to leave PBI. And I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to sit down in the seat. And, and guess what? I know that when I sit down, there's somebody there that is designated to bring order. Who is it? It's a flight attendant. And I don't care. Listen, I paid to get on the plane. But even though I paid to get on the plane, she or he is there to bring order. So when they say, buckle up, I... Buckle up. When they say put it on the airplane mode as much as I want to hide it and pretend like I, I don't, I put the phone on airplane mode. Why? Because I honor those who are there to bring order. I don't care if it's a cashier at Walmart. Come on, somebody. Listen, this is where our society, society, because why? Because there is a plan from the enemy. The enemy does not want you to honor anyone who bring order into your life because he wants you to live in disorder. He wants our kids to grow up in a home that's filled with disorder. So he puts sitcoms on, TV shows, media, music, where the father is a buffoon. Why is the father a dope? Why is it him? Because the devil wants you to live in disorder. He wants you to live in chaos. He wants you to live in confusion. But God is not the author of confusion. God is a God of order. Amen? So we just need to know who to order. 
who, 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 to, who to honor. Why? Because we need to live in that kind of realm. We need to live where we honor policemen, we honor firemen, we honor those who bring order into any given situation. Hallelujah. They're not perfect, but you honor them. Listen, this is why David, I want, I, I want to, in fact, I'm just going to read it to you very quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 24, and then we'll end. 1 Samuel chapter 24. This is why David was able to walk in such an incredible anointing as king over Israel. You want to know why? Let me just show you why he was able to walk in such an incredible anointing. Because David is the only king who reigned who had peace on every border. He had a period in his life where none of his enemies ever rose up against him for a period of time. Why? Why did he live in peace? Why did he live in harmony? Why did he live in such order for a period of time in his life? Let me just tell you why. 1 Samuel chapter 24 verse number 4 says this. Then the men of David, this is David coming upon a guy named Saul. Saul was the king at the time. Saul was trying to kill him and David found him sleeping in a cave. And the men that were with David said, then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And the men said to him, the Lord forbid, and he said to his men, I should say, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Listen, Saul could not have been less honorable. Saul was trying to kill David. You would think, well, if they're trying to kill me, then I have the right to dishonor him. No, no, no. In the midst of Saul's sin, in the midst of uh, his, his trying to kill David, in the midst of him being completely dishonorable, David still honored him. David had the opportunity to kill him. David would not touch him. Why? Because he said, the Lord forbid that I should touch God's anointed. He is still king over Israel. And as king over Israel, I will honor the position that he holds. Huh? Doesn't mean we agree with him. Listen, honor does not mean you agree. Honor does not mean you trust. Honor simply means you recognize who they are. See, it was Bill Johnson who said this, and we read this quote last week. It was Bill Johnson who said, honor is when you see the value of a person for who they are without over stumbling, stumbling over who they're not. Honor is when you see the value of who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Saul was not honorable. But David saw value in him anyway. And David refused to touch him. Let me just tell you, I want to tell all of our teenagers, you may walk into a situation at school where you have a teacher who, who sometimes can act or say things that aren't so honorable. But you're to honor them anyway. 
You may have a parent that says or does something or acts in a certain way that is less than honorable. They raise their voice. They're flawed. They're human. They have a whole lot of field. But you honor them anyway. Employer at your job. Come on, somebody, a manager. You may be working for somebody, and you say, man, I, I, I just, I'm working for this person. They, they, don't know, they don't know what they're talking about, man. They, they're just, they're confused. They, they're cheating. They're, they're not paying me enough. They're doing this. They're doing that. Listen, you honor them anyway. If they're there to bring order, if they're in authority, you honor them anyway. And because David honored Listen now, because he honored the throne when he ascended to the throne, he walked in an anointing that no one else ever walked in. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because he was able to access what he honored. He gave honor even when it wasn't earned. Do you hear me now? He walked in all of these principles. He honored the person into his life. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute today. This is the honor principle. Boy, if we could just teach this to our young people. If we can just drive this home into every child and every teenager. Huh? But also it's for you and me. Who walk into situations. And regardless of our age, regardless of our experience, regardless of our degrees, regardless of our wealth, regardless of anything that we possess, that we own, we may walk into a situation and we walk into a room and we say, okay, now, who is it that brings honor to this room? Who is it that, who, who is it that I'm to honor? Regardless of, of, of where I go, I want to walk into a room and I want to say, okay, who's bringing order? Because whoever brings order to this room, that's who I want to honor. When I walk into another church, I, I honor that pastor. Why? Because that pastor is there to bring order, so I honor him. I never do anything that would dishonor them in any way. I bring order to teacher. I bring order to a police officer. Huh? To a paramedic, to a fireman who's on a situation. Why? Because they're there to bring order. And I'm, I'm required by God to honor them. Now with your head bowed and eyes closed, listen to me for just a moment. I said everyone has a treasure and everyone has a field except one. Hallelujah. There's just one that we honor that is perfect in every way. There's no dirt, there's no flaw, there's no field. There's nothing but treasure. Listen to me now. And he is in every room that you'll ever walk into. When I walk into my house, God is there. And he is my father and he is perfect in every way. And in that home, I honor him. 
when I walk into a store, huh, when I walk into work, when I walk into church, guess what? God is there. At all times and in every place, the Bible says God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. So who do I honor above all else? Listen to me. It is God. Why? He brings order to my life. And even at eight years old, I recognized that my life was in disorder. Some of you, it took you to 25. Some of you, it took you to 35 or 40. Some maybe even 50 years old before you realized God is the one who's going to bring order to this mess of my life. And he did. You surrendered your life to him and God brought your life into order. He put that broken life that you handed him, but he put it back together like no one else could. So that's why it's so easy for me to honor him. We're going to talk about how next week. But here's who and here's why today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. You are a God of order. You're not the God of chaos. You're not the God of confusion. You're God of order and you bring people into our lives. A spouse, a parent a teacher, a politician, police officer, paramedic, a pastor. You bring them in life so that we might walk in order. So today, God, we choose to honor them in every way. And Lord, if we've dishonored a spouse, if we've dishonored a parent, forgive us, God. If we've dishonored a teacher, Lord, if we've dishonored anyone that you would bring into our life, if we've only saw the field and we dishonored them so that we could never access the treasure, God, forgive us because we want to access the treasure that they are. We want to see the value in who they are. We want to honor them today. And we thank you for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you walked into this place away from God. You might have walked in here and you would say, Pastor, I feel distant. I feel away from God. I do not feel connected to God. I feel completely disconnected. Sure of my eternal destination. I don't know what would happen to me if I slip into eternity. I don't know where I would go, but you would like to know for sure today. Would you just raise your hand very high and say, Pastor, that is me. I would like to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Ask him to come into my heart to forgive me of my sin. For anybody walking into this room today, I always want to give the opportunity. 
Hallelujah. Would you do this this morning? Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you today. This is such an important message. It's not just for for one area of our life. It's for every area of our life. When I learned how to honor my wife the way the scriptures teach me to honor my wife, everything changed for me. We'll talk more about that, how we honor. We'll talk about that next week. But I just want you to know, listen, there is a treasure hidden. And honor is how we access that treasure. Hallelujah. That's why we have to honor, even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't want to, even when all we see is dirt. You have to know when you honor, you can access. Amen. I'm not going to ask for people to, to say, that's me, I've been living in dishonor. I don't, I don't want to do that today. Let's, I want to pray for everybody in this place. Because if our nation learns this, I'm telling you, our nation gets completely turned around. If we would, we would have every student walk into a school classroom and honor their teachers the way they're supposed to, our nation would completely change, completely turn around. Amen? If every child in every home would learn how to honor their parents, even when their parents aren't always honorable, if they would just learn how to honor them, flaws and all, if every husband, if every wife would honor their spouse, boy, we'd totally see this nation change. It's the honor principle. Let me pray for you today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, I thank you today.